Dear friends in Christ, most of you have seen the movie Home Alone, and you remember the story about the family that in rushing to the airport for a vacation, they forgot about their youngest son who was left in the house alone for several days. But he didn't uh, waste that time. By the time they got back and found him, he had prepared the whole house for Christmas and had contributed to the arrest of two thieves. He'd kept very busy those days. Well, in our gospel text today, we hear about Jesus being alone for several days himself. And in the same way, in an even greater way, he kept very busy during that time alone. We hear that Mary and Joseph had gone to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Passover, which they did every year. And when the feast was over, they began to travel back to their home. And they had traveled, we are told, about, they traveled about a day back to uh, Nazareth when they realized that they had misplaced their son. Now, I wasn't very sympathetic with the parents in the Home Alone movies. I have to be honest about that. But as I look at this story today, I am kind of sympathetic with how Mary and Joseph uh, were were able to lose or misplace their son Jesus. In those days, pilgrims traveled in caravans and relatives and families traveled together and kept an eye on each other's children because they were kind of all interrelated in some way. And that explains why uh, Mary and Joseph, we could say, lost Jesus for a while. They might have simply thought that he was playing with some of his friends, with some of the relatives that were a little farther ahead in the journey home. Then we're told that after then one day, realizing that he wasn't around, they quickly went back to Jerusalem and spent another day looking for him, finally finding him in the temple. He was there with the teachers, the, the, uh, the people that uh, were experts in the faith. He was listening to them. He was asking them questions. And his mother asked, Son, why did you treat us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And how did Jesus respond? He said, why have you been searching for me? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Or as other translations uh, say those words, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Well, that reply from Jesus, as we look at that today, in a deeper way, I think has some important lessons for us to think about, even 2,000 years later. The first lesson that I think it's important to look at today is that, that it is crucial that we know, like Jesus did, what our spiritual identity is all about. Speaking to his mother, probably in front of his father, Joseph, standing next to Mary, Jesus tells them that he is concerned about his father's business. Now that that was not carpentry, as you would think. Yes, that was Joseph's business, 
But that was not the business Jesus was talking about. Jesus, for the first time here, introduces to us the concept of God as dear Father. A Father who is present, a Father that you can call upon, a Father that you could say Abba to, like we would say Daddy. That's a pretty intimate way of addressing our Father, and Jesus did that. Today we have a hard time understanding how radical that thought was. Throughout all the 39 books of the Old Testament, the word Father is only listed 14 times. And most often in a, in a formal way, not a personal way like Jesus was using it. But when Jesus came on the scene, he referred to God as his Father. And he never used any other term. So here, in front of his own father, Joseph, he was talking about another father, his heavenly father. Jesus knows, you see, from this text, who he is. He knows his identity, not only as the son of Mary and Joseph, but the son of God. And this was kind of confusing to Mary and Joseph. Verse 50 tells us that his parents did not fully understand his unique relationship with God and what his mission was in this world. Well, all of us have an identity, don't we? All of us have an identity as a son or daughter of our parents. But do we know our identity today as children of the Heavenly Father? There's a story about the president of a business who called one of his employees into his office one day and he said to him, Rob, you've been with this company for a relatively short time. You started off in the mailroom. A month later, you were promoted to a sales position. And six six months after that, you were promoted to district manager of the sales department. And just six months later, you were promoted to vice president of sales and marketing. And after another year, you were made the executive vice president. Now it's time for me to retire. And I want you to take over the company. What do you say to that? And the employee responded, thanks. And the president responded, thanks. Is that all you can say to me? And the employee said, well, thanks, Dad. (laughs) You know, there are many people, both men and women, who grew up feeling called to do the job that their mother or father did as they were growing up and really felt good about that. And there are many of you in this sanctuary, including myself, who decided that What my father did is what I wanted to do during my years of work. But the most important thing that all of us need to ask ourselves today is this question. Have we felt the call to do the same work of our heavenly father in our life here on earth? Jesus knew that calling to do God's will in his life at the age of 12. Just think. He knew what he wanted to do. He wanted to do his father's work, his father's 
business. Whether you think about it or not, really every Sunday when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we are asking God to fulfill that calling in our own life, to do our Father's business. When we say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's perfect will is done in heaven, we know that, but we are praying that God's will would be done on earth in our very hearts. In other words, we know God's business is important, and he's calling us to be about that business, to do his will each day of our lives. Maybe some of us here today have been kind of drifting through life lately, not knowing where we are going or have no real purpose, what we need to understand is our spiritual identity, and that's the beginning point of really having true fulfillment in our life, I believe. The Bible tells us that, first of all, we are God's precious creation. And in Galatians, we hear these words, too. Yet to all who received him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We're all children of the Heavenly Father. When you know you are his child and you are deeply loved, then you know your Heavenly Father is watching over you and your life all the time. And I believe that's why Jesus was not afraid even though he was left alone in Bethlehem for three days without his parents, he knew his heavenly father was watching over him. You see, knowing our identity as a child of God allows us to have a a special motivation and a special passion to do the father's work, to do the father's business. And that's our second uh, lesson for today. Starting with that identity, we move now to what is the passion? What is the business we are to be about? We are told that Jesus managed three days there uh, in the temple, and I assume that maybe one or more of the teachers uh, made sure that he had things to eat and, and he stayed with some of those teachers those days. But his heart was with his father's business. He wasn't so concerned about Uh, his eating and and other things. He was listening. He was asking questions. Verse 47 says, Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. How many 12-year-old boys can stand before some of the greatest theological minds of the day and hold his own? He showed us here that he had a great desire to understand the scriptures and and the purposes God had for himself in the world. The desire was so strong that he was willing to stay behind all by himself. Well, Jesus was very passionate in in doing this. What drives you today? What, What are you really passionate about in your life? You know, we're all driven by something. As a boy of 12, we expect, Jesus to have been out playing uh, in the fields or the streets with his, his buddies. But yet, here we find him 
among teachers because there were some things that were more important to him than the everyday things, things that were eternal, things that weren't just temporary. Ultimately, we have to ask, what am I going after in my life? What am I living for? Jesus urges us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. He says those words in Matthew 6. I'm sure Jesus would have stayed even longer in the temple. And he kind of, you kind of sense that he, he wanted to stay even after Mary and Joseph found him there. This, the boy here was on the verge of, of manhood. But he was soaking in God's word and learning the ways of God. That's where his heart was. And we may ask today, what are we passionate about? What is this father's business that we are to be about? Well, what is God's business? The Bible tells us in 2 Peter 3 that the father's heart is for this world to know his son, Jesus Christ. It says, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. People need to know that they are loved. They need to know that there is hope for this world, despite all the things that we are seeing and experiencing on the news every night. They need to know there's hope. There's one that we can turn to. People need the Lord and God is in the business of changing lives and he invites us to be a part of that same business of helping that take place. So how can we show concern for our Father's business? Well, we can do it in a variety of ways. We can bring God's love home and, and, and gather our family around each day and pray together. In school, with our classmates, we can share what God has been doing in our lives. What has he been doing in your life over the Christmas break? Specifically, what has he been doing in your life? Can you answer that question today? He has something new for us every day, and it's exciting. And we can help other people out that are in need and encourage them to trust God for their lives and to pray for them. These things, plus we could list a hundred other things, is what it means to be about our Father's business. We are to be light. We are to be salt. There are hurting people out there with great needs. And we are called then to let them see Jesus in the way we treat them. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because that you know, you know that your labor is not in vain. It is said that in college, James Dobson, the famous psychologist's goal was to become the school's tennis champion. And he felt proud that his trophy was placed predominantly right in the center of their trophy case at the school. Years later, someone mailed him his trophy. He said he'd found it in some storage bin when the school was being renovated. And James Dobson had to admit that given enough time, all trophies will be trashed by someone else. 
people fail to realize that, that over time, all achievements will, will eventually be surpassed and, and records will be broken. Reminds me of that saying that you all know, this life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. And that's so true. The things that seem so important today will not be so important in, in some years ahead. But only, only those things done for Christ will last. What matters the most in our heart and in our life is the thirst for the things of God, the things that will be eternal. So our identity as sons and daughters of the king is the key to having a passion and a motivation to be about the father's business. One thing leads to the next. The story is told of a foolish old farmer who concluded one day that the oats that he was, had been feeding his mule for the last years was simply costing him too much. So he hatched the plan. He mixed a little sawdust in with the oats every day, and the mule didn't seem to mind. So he thought, well, I'll just put in more sawdust, a little at a time, and the mule continued to eat this mixture of of oats and sawdust. He didn't seem to change at all, and the weeks went by, and finally, one day, he just fed this poor beast 100% sawdust. And the mule ate it all, and after ate, he fell over and died. You know, there are some things that are made not to be substituted for something else without devastating results. And I thought of that having to do with our, our spiritual lives. Nothing, nothing can substitute for our relationship with God. We can drift away from him, and that drifting is hardly noticeable at for some time, until our spiritual life just collapses before us and we we wonder what happened. At the beginning of this year, if you look into your hearts and have to admit that maybe, like Mary and Joseph, you've left Jesus behind in your life and you've been busy doing other things, I encourage you today to find him anew. May 2016 be a year of great growth in your relationship with Jesus. Being here for worship today is a good start as we hear and apply his word and are nourished by his supper. We are strengthened to be about his work. So I challenge all of us today to invest our lives in the family business, in God's business. May that be our goal for each of the days ahead. Amen.